If anybody wants me, I'll be upstairs dead by my own hand. Son, I was saving this until you were really low. What? Coppola's daughter wants to have tea? You want to spend your birthday atop a dying horse while a clown squirts you with seltzer and your mom takes pictures? No, Dad. Then shut up and get over here. You're going to do what every male Bundy does when he reaches the age of 18. Aren't we doing that right now, oh, Dad? Shut up. <laughs> no. Tonight I'm, uh... I'm taking you to the nudie bar. Let's rock. I get a open. No man presents live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Ash. Yeah, that's right. It's Wednesday, and we are back in the nudie bar. You know, where the music stinks and they water the drinks. Where the girlies dance in their underpants when you see their butt and their trap stays shut in the nudie bar. My name is Al. I'm just sitting here chalking up some frequent loser miles. Don't mind me. I'm Jamie. Smart, funny, and I'll give you change for your dollar. Ooh, Nice. I'm Jerry. I'm home. This is going to be the last straw. I'm Steven. I get a guest spot on the Married with Children podcast. Like I give a cat's ass. Hey, it's an honor, man. <laughs> Don't you know who we are? <laughs> hey, that the honor's great. all mine. The honor's <laughs> all mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, welcome, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Yeah, Steven's been a... A, a listener and a big contributor. The first time he really enact, interacted with our show was when he sent us the Sam Kennison video for the gravesite when we had that huge two-parter uh, for the Christmas special. And uh, you're always active on the group page. You're like the ideal member of the group page, really, because you always have feedback on the shows. You always have an interesting angle on everything. So uh, thanks, man. It's great having you on. Well, I appreciate that, and I've appreciated being part of it with through the Facebook page mostly. I always look forward to your comments. Whenever I see, when I'm whenever I'm like scanning the page, if I see your name there, then I know it's going to be something interesting. So I always look, I always look forward to that. And and like Alex said, you always give great feedback, and you always have something like a tidbit to add, which I appreciate. Well, thank you. And I'm you. sure the other listeners do as well. Actually, I remember the first contribution actually made was about the Santa Claus uh, story. Oh, that was the first one, right? Yeah, I mean, th- I think the video one was probably the most iconic one I did. But mm-hmm. when I found out about that Santa Claus thing, I thought you guys should probably want to know this. Yeah, I read it on the show, right? Yeah, on a wrap-up show or something like that. Something like that. I think it was a season wrap-up show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's right. It's been so long. I totally forgot. But yeah, that. So <laughs> all your big contributions. Are you a big Christmas uh, Mayor Children fan or something? Yes, I am. That is one. <laughs> that is my all time favorite Mary with Children Christmas episode. I love Sam Kinison. It's a bountiful life. But 
the very first one. What was that called again? The um... oh, the first one. Uh... Oh God, I can't. You better watch out. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite Christmas episode of all time. So real quick, just so everybody gets a feel for you, how did you um like what age did you start watching Married with Children? Did you watch it in the first run? Actually, I did. I was a junior in college. I was what twenty years old, and my roommate, one of my college roommates named Jack, he was uh, he had discovered the show, and he told us about it, and so we watched it. The very first episode I watched was Poppies by the Tree, part one, then part two. I watched it all through college, kind of fell out of it when I went to um, graduate school or seminary. And, uh, well, actually, it was a little bit later than that when I fell out of the habit. But, uh, uh, of course, one part problem was my wife did not like the show at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It- Mm-hmm. These days, you're fine with that. You got DVDs, you got Hulu, whatever. You don't have to. You have DVR. You don't have to actually catch it and make make it so it's on TV when it's airing, and there's no other window. Now you have any window you want. Watch it at your leisure. So, when did you discover our podcast? How many episodes were we in there when you found out? I think you were a little bit about halfway into season two. All right, cool. Halfway in, I think you were just past the you the you better watch out because I remember I had to go back and find that when I wanted to listen to that one mm-hmm. first. And at first, I was only going to listen to the ones that I you know the episodes I really liked. But then I changed my mind. I thought I want to go back and watch all these because there were a few in the first season I had never seen, and sat down to watch. And you know, Jerry uh, kind of turned me on to uh, one of them, the poker game which I agree is a very great Steve episode. That's funny you say that. The poker game is the, I think, the one and only episode my sister skipped. (laughs) I remember talking to her about it. I'm about to message her right now (laughs) and make her go back and rewatch the episode, re-listen to the (laughs) podcast, because that is a great Steve episode. How dare she? So, Steven, are you uh, pro-Steve or pro-Jefferson? Oh, pro-Steve. That's right. Oh, you just made points with Jerry. Oh, that's obviously, yeah. When I did the commentary with him, we did the Razor's Edge, which is one of the best Steve episodes. I put that in the top ten of the Steve episodes. Oh, yeah. Well, Jerry only came on the show today because he heard a guy named Steve was coming on. Yeah, I didn't know it was you. I was like, oh, I've already recorded with him. I thought it was like, (laughs) they're like, yeah, Steve's going to be on this episode. And I'm like, I don't remember him in this episode, but I'll watch. Yeah, I'll be there. Then I said, no, Steven. And he goes, oh, well, either way, I like him, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his full name is Stephen Bartholomew Rhodes. At one point, I considered changing my name to Stephen Bartholomew Scott. Whoa. Do you not have a middle name, or you just didn't care about it? Actually, my middle name is Walter. I was named after my uncle, who was an Air Force pilot in Vietnam. Hmm. <laughs> nice. Well, we have some flying high to do here. We got <laughs> the rights of passage... This is a landmark episode of Married with Children and a big one for our podcast for many reasons that we're going to get to. Al initiates his son into the realm of manhood when he takes Bud to a nudie bar. That's right, guys. That's where I'm going with this. Season 6, episode 16, original air date February 9th, 1992. 
Director Jerry Cohen, writer Elunga Adele. Or she wrote anything else. <laughs> they they she would have, but they didn't know what to call her to get her back. They're like, I don't know her name. Forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she also wrote the Darcy Files, but she did write a bunch of other TV shows like City Guys, Two Two Seven, Sanford and Son, etc. Wow. Okay. Well, she goes way back then. Mm-hmm. Mm. Special guest stars Roger Hewlett as Sticky the Clown, Gina Puzo as Roxanne, Carl Caiaffrello as Man, Frank Lloyd. Oh, Man. <laughs> he's just called Man. I think he's the guy who bumped into Al. Frank Lloyd, we all know him, uh, Norris, as Gorgo. And that is it. This whole episode is about Bud's 18th birthday. It aired only about three weeks before David Faustino's actual 18th birthday. Now, that would have been known to us, but of course, the only 18th birthday we cared about was Kelly's. Exactly. <laughs> the episode starts off, Grandmaster B is calling Roxanne. He got the hat turned backward. Yo, Roxanne. Grandmaster B here. <laughs> That's with a big G, a big B, and a real big... Well... <laughs> You'll just have to come over and see for yourself. I wanted so badly for him to say D. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, then I was like, well, maybe they, I don't, and I guess maybe that wasn't even a thing back then. You know, um, I don't recall anyone saying that back then. But I just think it would have been funny because it rhymed. Uh, Then I was like, well, maybe they wouldn't do that. And then I thought, who am I kidding? Of course they would have if they had thought of it, if it was a thing. Right, because there's some stuff that's said in this episode that's pretty edgy. So I think that definitely would have fell in line. Wait, wait, don't hang up. Come on, it's my 18th birthday. Maybe we could go out and get a soda? No, huh? Well, then I guess a non-binding sexual thing will be out of the question. (laughs) Hello? Now, after looking at Roxanne later on, uh, he does not want to go out for a soda. He wants to stay in because she is, I mean, with this phone call, I just didn't expect the girl who walked in later to be this girl. That was just. Yeah, he wanted to stay in and give her the D, the uh, dinner. (laughs) It's dinner, right? That's what that stands for? That's what Jamie was talking about? Yeah, real big dinner. And we all know he's lying because they never have big dinners in the Bundy house. He was definitely lying. I have been a bit of trivia, I found out. Uh, One of the stuntmen... Uh, that was in the bar fight was Dick Warlock. Oh, yeah? Really? Oh, you know, wow. He also played, right? Oh, yeah. He played Michael Myers in uh, Halloween 2. Mm-hmm. A tie of the skeleton crew. So I forgot I'd written that down here and I just noticed it. Nice, dude. Nice research. I like the crossover stuff. That's cool. Mm hmm. 18 years. 18 years of loneliness. Total, desolate, stark, raving loneliness. Wow. Well, happy birthday anyhow. Thank you. Oh, cheer up, buttwagger B. I got you a very special present. Not this time, one size fits all. I'm not falling for that again. Every year you say you got me a present, I get all excited, and it turns out to be something stupid, like clear selling a drum. The book, if you're lonely and you know it, let's make hand shadows. 
And my favorite, the poster of the village people with my picture over the face of the cowboy. I want um, the hand shadow book. <laughs> Not even gonna lie. I, can't, I'm, I, I was like, I'm down for that. Well, forget it. I'm 18 now and I will not be fooled again. Oh, come on now. I got you a good one this time. Really? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, wow. A tape recorder for me? Don't get serious. That's mine. <laughs> I made a message for your answering machine. Hello. This is Bud Bundy, also known as Grandmaster Virgin. <laughs> he must have dialed the wrong number because no one ever calls me on purpose. <laughs> But if you leave your name and number, I'll call you back as soon as I finish putting the negligee on my dog. <laughs> Please hold. Please. <laughs> I know it's a little long, but then again, we don't need much room for messages, do we? <laughs> um, is that, like, a thing anymore? Like, can you say you left even five messages on someone's phone in the last year? Mm, no. Voicemail. Well, that's what I mean, a voicemail. Even that, I don't do. Uh, yeah, I actually met, left two today. Really? <laughs> yes. I never, I, I think I leave five in three years. Because now you just call somebody and they don't answer. You just hit the other thing and you text them and say, hey, call me back later. Yeah, what you well, there's do with my the mom. And uh, oh. she doesn't, she's not one for texting. Oh, okay. I'm one of those people, I only ever listen to my voicemail messages to get rid of the notification that I have voicemail <laughs> messages. Right. Like, I don't listen to them, nothing. I, I, I'll look at them. You might well transcribe it for me most of the time. Yeah, that's Because what... sometimes I'm getting a, a message from somebody other than family. If it's family or close friends, we just usually text each other, mm -hmm. and it's like, call me when you can or something like that. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know what else is a dream? I was watching this episode looking at uh, Kelly, and all I could think about is I've seen this hairstyle before, and I realized it's Jamie's had this blonde hairstyle before. Oh, my God. The, like the ex exact same hairstyle. Jamie who? You. Me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> With the blonde bangs, I, I think your hair flowing down was like more like wavy than hers, but... I just kept looking at her and kept going, she looks like Jamie right now. Jamie was inspired. Wow. No, I am now. That is an incredible compliment. Thank you. Whether you meant it to be or not. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a good thing you and Kelly are both smart, funny, and you give us change for a dollar. That's right. She's smart, funny, and she'll give you back change for your dollar. <laughs> now, that was a great comeback because that's insinuating that Kelly charges less than a buck now he did say sometimes you would hear change hit the pillow in in the middle of the night yeah <laughs> i love the look of confusion on her face when he says that because she clearly doesn't get it like it it went over her head yeah <laughs> listen kel if you really want to get me a present this year just forget it's my birthday that's all i want for everybody to forget my birthday oh there he is my little little birthday man <laughs> Give mommy a birthday hug. Oh, look at you. 16 and already a heartbreaker. <laughs> You're confused, Mom. He's 18. It's his pimples that are 16. <laughs> That's it. Come on, I got the fireworks. Oh, 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 Remember the rules. No fighting. 
makes all the dust rise up. <laughs> anyway, bud, this calls for a big celebration. So, Mom, what we're... I really don't want another birthday party. All I want is this girl, Roxanne. Then that's what you're gonna get. Uh, is Roxanne Barbie's new friend? <laughs> Roxanne's a real girl. Uh. That was great. That was that was so funny. <laughs> is that Barbie's new friend? And she is right in front of him. I mean, they're having this conversation over his lap. And she's dead serious. See, that's the thing. That's the genius of either the writing of Peg Bundy or the delivery of Katie Seagal. I don't, or just the combin, combination of both, because whenever she delivers these outlandish statements, she does it dead serious. Say, you know how, like, when Kelly and Al rip into Bud, it's obviously that's what they're doing? Peg isn't even joking. She yeah. truly believes this up She's you. not trying to be, she wasn't trying to be mean or cut him down at that point. Right. You know, she just was serious. You know? And that's worse. Right? What about that nice 976 girl that he was so into? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she won't take his calls. Here's the thing that floors me. She remembers his birthday. Hmm. Think yeah, about his... she thinks he's 16. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but think about it. You know, Kelly, Peg... Even Jefferson and Marcy know it's Bud's birthday, mm-hmm. but do they remember it's Kelly's birthday? There's an episode, I think, a couple of years down the road in which they forget it was Kelly's birthday. They find out from her boyfriend. Yeah, well, Al says to somebody, uh, for example, what's Kelly's birthday? And they go, it was yesterday, Dad. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, pumpkin. Oh, yeah. But they typically just don't remember birthdays. Right. So it's funny that the whole episode is based on <laughs> them all celebrating. I, You know, 18's a big year, so maybe Bud made it obvious throughout the week, or who knows. Maybe. <laughs> My poor baby. Well, maybe this will take the edge off. We are throwing you a nice party. And guess what? We are renting you a pony. <laughs> Ooh, Bud. There's more. Do you remember your favorite TV show, Sticky the Clown? Mom, I haven't watched Sticky since I was 12 years old. Well, a lot's happened to Sticky since then. He's out on work release, and they they say that he realizes that what he did was bad. Is he like a six-year-old girl? Like, that is the weirdest stuff to get. Well, apparently a 12-year-old boy, because I guess he watched Sticky on TV until he was 12. Right. Is that when he got locked up? (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys watch Clowns on TV until you were 12? No, not not a chance. Just the it clown. Right. (laughs) Pennywise. Yeah. That's the only clown I really watched. I gotta be honest, I wasn't, a, as a kid, I was never like a clown kid. No, I wasn't either. And it's not that I was afraid of them, I was never afraid of them. I just always thought they were boring. <laughs> like when we would go to the circus or something. Right, I didn't think anything of them. I was never entertained by the clowns, I just, I liked the animals, I but I, I was never into the clowns. Well, I chalked up some more frequent loser miles today. <laughs> The Department of Juvenile Corrections busts some delinquents over to the shoe store today to show them why it's so important to stay in school. 
The guards made them watch me work for over three hours until even the most hardened punk was crying like a baby. It's a new program called Scared Rich. Only they'd had a scared single when I was a punk. He says he chalked up some more frequent loser miles today. Isn't it racked up? Like, what is chalked up? Is that a way to say it too, I guess? It's an older expression, but yeah, I've heard it used before. I, yeah, I always remember like, oh, chalk it up to bad luck or something like that. So right. like, to me, it doesn't quite fit. I don't I don't quite get it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Because typically when you use that statement, it's like, oh, you know, uh, chalk it up to fate or chalk it up to whatever. You're, right. you're giving credit to something. But I've never heard it used as in that respect as far as. Like collecting something. And collecting things. There you go. That's a good yeah, I was just, I was, it was very strange. I wonder if he flubbed the line or if that's how it was written. So you watch Al for three hours and see what your life could become if you remain a delinquent. And apparently, you know, everybody runs to their... Uh... It made me wonder. He probably watched him hold his head in his hands for three hours, <laughs> doing nothing like, like Bud and Kelly did a few weeks ago. Can you imagine if that's what they saw? Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. The Scared Rich program is a spoof of Scared Straight programs, which was turned into a 1978 documentary where a group of juvenile delinquents are sent to Rahway State Prison in New Jersey and spent three hours with convicts who were doing life in prison. Their goal was to try to convince the kids that they don't want to be oh, that they don't want to be in prison like they already are. Through the use of intimidation and verbal abuse, Married with Children would later title an episode Scared Single in Season 8. <laughs> now, I wonder if that's the episode with um, that kid who left his great wife for, for Meg, his high school sweetheart. What was his name? Darren or something like that? I wonder if that was that episode. That would fit. Anyway, I'm home. Who's going to be the last straw? Al. What a shock. Honey, it's Bud's 18th birthday Now don't you think it's time you had a little talk with him You know, without the bathroom door in between you What am I supposed to talk about? The accumulated wisdom of your lifetime You know, like, just how deep does your finger go into your ear? Oh, and what do you do when your belly button, nose, and rear end all itch at the same time? Don't make him learn it in the streets, honey. Come on, Kel. 18 years old, huh? <laughs> There's so much that I want to say to you, but there's a show coming on I want to watch. <laughs> well, soon you'll be getting to that age where you're thinking about settling down and raising a family. That is, if you're a woman, if you're a guy, you might consider doing something for yourself instead. <laughs> Remember, a man is a man all of his life. And a woman is only sexy till she becomes your wife. See, now that's not true. I give her about 15 years. Ah. Then. 15 years from when you first met them or 15 years from when you marry them? Well, he said, according to Alice, till she becomes your wife. So you figure most people get married at like 25. So at 40. There you go. I was 25 when I got married. Hey! Okay, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is happy birthday, son. Go away. There he is, the 
birthday boy. Yeah, you mean birthday man, Marcy. <laughs> Congratulations, bud. We start off instantly with a classic Jefferson delivery where he goes, Yeah, I remember when I was 18. Oh boy, I remember when I was 18. Girls all over the place, my phone wouldn't stop ringing. Boy, it must drive you crazy. Jefferson has been spoiled his entire life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, because later on he says how his dad was sending him checks. Wow, you, you really have been spoiled your entire life. See, this is what I was hearkening back to or forward to in that one episode where Al jumps out of the airplane, Skull Island, because remember when Jefferson says, man, we're sitting here playing this board game with our two, our two wives with our green tea or something. Will it ever get? Will it ever be this good again? It's like, wait a minute. Jefferson had a great life. Why is he talking like that? Because he's still being taken care of. You say that to Al so he can take it in himself. Right, right. Marcy gazes into nowhere again and reminisces about good sex. I never saw that before. Well, at least you <laughs> about stabbing someone with fish hooks. Bud, you are so lucky to be 18 at this time in history. Back when I turned 18, all there was was free love, free sex, free Huey. <laughs> but you're much luckier than we were. Because now, with all the numerous and disfiguring diseases out there, <laughs> young men and women really have a chance to get to know one another to actually be friends and not merely fornicating at will <laughs> like dogs <laughs> in unusual places <laughs> with people you barely know <laughs> and in ways that even today's bawdiest trumpet could hardly imagine <laughs> oh foxy lady <laughs> coming to get ya <laughs> I wonder why she kneels. Why is she? Why does she reminisce though when she has Jefferson? Jefferson's not as good as Steve. She's got to start thinking about the past. Well, apparently he's yeah. good enough to blow her mind when he kisses her, and she allows him to keep the '65 Mustang that he just bought. Yeah, but Steve was so good that when she damaged Steve's car, she feared for her life. So he, he right. might be good enough to keep a car. But not as good as Steve. Dude, she made beef Wellington and baked Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 18. Driving my own car, pad down by the beach. Checks coming in from my father. <laughs> I tell you, it's the age to be. So I hear you're getting a pony and a clown. <laughs> It's not just any clown. Sticky the clown. Oh, he's out? Hmm. <laughs> Bud, it's for you. It's a girl. <laughs> she wants to take you to a movie. <laughs> and Al's all proud. He nudges him. All right, son, you know, that kind of thing. Bud gets all cocky now, since he was the big joke for the last couple minutes. Well, how about that, folks? 
Looks like you can keep your clowns and your parties and your lame memories of the 60s or the 20s or whenever the hell you thought you were cool. You want a memory? Watch the Grandmaster operate. Hey, babe, how they hanging? Oh, hi, Grandma. No, I haven't seen the Care Bears' big picnic yet. <laughs> Saturday will be fine. Which, as a Care Bear expert, I can inform y'all that uh, that is not a movie. <laughs> by then, but they didn't really have much in the 90s. It was very much an 80s thing. But they, the last one they put out was like a Christmas movie. The last one that came out from, from around this time was in 1988, and it was a Christmas film. Bam! See? They couldn't have been picnicking then, so that wasn't it. And it wasn't a re-release. Yeah, so um, that was an amazing joke, but knowing this show, was it telegraphed? Did you guys know something was up when Kelly said all this and he was walking over? There's no way this could end well, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. You got you, you knew. You knew Kelly was setting him up because it was basically the same setup she did in the earlier episode. <laughs> yeah, I think she's done something like this. She's always setting him up. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I kind of expected it. All this setup won't set him up on a date. Well, she did. Roxanne, sort of. Yeah, that's she, true. She got her to come over, yeah. Roxanne! Because he was dying. <laughs> she put on the red light, Roxanne. <laughs> so, what time's Sticky getting here? <laughs> If anybody wants me, I'll be upstairs dead by my own hand. Son, I was saving this until you were really low. What? Coppola's daughter wants to have tea? Do you want to spend your birthday atop a dying horse while a clown squirts you with seltzer and your mom takes pictures? No, Dad. Then shut up and get over here. You're going to do what every male Bundy does when he reaches the age of 18. Aren't we doing that right now? Oh, shut up. <laughs> no. Tonight I'm, uh, I'm taking you to the nudie bar. Al has better plans for Bud. He's taking him to where we are, the nudie bar. When I said that um, this podcast has to be made, because I couldn't believe there's tons of podcasts about old shows and stuff from... I don't know, even the 60s. Like, that old The Batman Show, there's a podcast, a couple on that. What struck me is that there's no Married with Children podcast. And being a fan of it, and then becoming a podcaster and doing the Skeleton Crew for, like, six years or whatever that was, I just couldn't believe it. And I was at a crossroads, like, do I just retire forever? Or is one last thing going to spark you know, a fire in me to just go for one more, you know, stint of podcasting. So, you know, Married Children, it just, and then Jerry, we talked about, Jerry did a, a random review of a uh, Halloween episode on his podcast, Kill the Cast. That's a horror podcast. And I don't know if that was like a subliminal thing. It must have been something. I don't know when it dawned on me from before or after that, but it was just like clear to me that this had to be done. 
So when I was developing it and I said, well, I want to like create a whole world so people could feel like they're living the show. I, I, I want this to be like a, a living, breathing show. So I said, how could we do that? And I thought one of the main things to do is act like, I mean, uh, go to a location on the show and record these episodes. So I said, what would be the coolest place to do this podcast from? And I said, well, the Al Shoe Store or the Bundy's Basement where Bud converted into a room or the Darcy House or no, you know what? The Nudie Bar. That'd be the best place to do like, you know, this badass podcast about a badass show. So I was like, that's perfect. So from there, we had to create that illusion through our, our, our logo and everything. So then I had Josh James uh, whip up the art to recreate the nudie bar. Now, after just watching this episode, even though we're not there yet, but since we're going to talk about it, I might as well get this out of the way. Now, after watching this, what do you guys think about Josh's artwork and recreating that whole place and us being in it? He nailed it. Not only that, if you actually watch this episode when... Al and Bud walk into the nudie bar and they show like where they show the stage. You can actually see the corner that they that we are all sitting in. Mm-hmm. How crazy is that? Yeah, I when I when they walked in, I was like, have I watched the and this is a true story. When they <laughs> walked in, I'm like, have I watched this episode recently? It feels so fresh. like I know I've seen this recently. And then I realized, no, it's just his art. Like, he nailed, like, even down to the neon girls. Right. You know, it looks dead on. Yeah, amazing artwork, and we're happy to be in this episode. It's cool. It's a big thing of our show. And um, whenever Jerry's on the show now, uh, look at those episodes on YouTube, because we uh, got him back into the nudie bar in his own little section. Yeah, I got my own corner. (laughs) He's still eating that tanguich. And in that picture, I have the fishing line dollar thing, so that's cool. Dad! <laughs> My father took me just as his father, Jebediah Bundy, took him. <laughs> Seems that throughout history, all male Bundys and looking at hooters that don't belong to them go hand in hand. <laughs> I knew you loved me. <laughs> yes, the nudie bar. <laughs> Where the music stinks and they water the drinks, the nudie bar. Where the girlies dance in their underpants, the nudie bar. Where you see their butt and their trap stays shut. Grand. Awesome. Sight. <laughs> Whoa, what do you mean all right? No, I think it's funny. It's- <laughs> Jamie's like, I prefer to be in the form of a haiku. <laughs> yeah, Gee, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wanted a sonnet. <laughs> you wanted a sonnet, Jamie? How about if I show you my Longfellow? <laughs> At the nudie bar. Shh, here come the women's song. <laughs> now remember, this is our secret. Do not give them a clue. Okay. Pog, <laughs> 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 pog. <laughs> And they're bouncing on the couch. And then, then Al just goes Hong Kong and is like, come on, Al, you were the one that said don't give him a clue. Now, if anybody remembers, last time this scenario happened, it was Al and Steve sitting on the couch. 
and Al was going into the basement to get Miss October 1987 Branny Brant's edition of Playboy because he goes, you really have her issue? He goes, I got them all, Steve. And then he goes down. He goes, now listen, act cool. So then all of a sudden he leaves and he's like, we're going to see Brandy. We're going to see Brandy. And Steve's <laughs> hopping up and down on the couch. And it's like, oh, my God. He can't be cool for five seconds. But now Al falls to the same, same temptation. But his is more obvious. I mean, they're looking at him do it. Yeah. That was outrageous. Hog, hog. So now here's the... <laughs> This always bothered me. I know I'm going to sound like a jerk, but I was always sort of annoyed by the the first joke that takes place at this nudie bar. Well, son, it's your birthday. You sit anywhere you want. It seemed very forced because Al tells Bud to sit anywhere he wants. So Bud goes right to the head of the stage, sits on top of it, and looks straight up a girl's crotch. Now, that's fine. But then he proceeds to tell him that they already have a reserved table. Except there, son, it's, it's demeaning for the dancers. And uh, besides, that's where the nickels people throw usually land. Here we go, son. Reserved for A and B Bundy. <laughs> oh, dear. I know, I know. All right, son. Sit here. So it's like, wait, you just said sit anywhere you want. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you just say, I've reserved a table for us? Wow, I did not notice that, but you're, you're right. That is kind of a mess up. Right? I don't get it. It just is, and it came one right after the other. So like that's just like it always irked me though. Growing up, the whole time, every time I watch, I was like, why? Ugh, whatever. But so for some reason, somebody wants us to read out the house rules for the club. Ooh, I got it. All right. Okay, the house rules for the club are as follows: must wear shoes, no headbands, no phones. Oh, good luck. No belt knives. No cameras. Good luck. Clothes must be acceptable. No fighting. And no dwarf tossing. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead in a minute. I'm breaking at minimum four of those rules right now. Are you wearing a headband? Yes. Where'd you get the dwarf? No, no, I, I, I'm wearing... Where'd you get the dwarf? <laughs> <laughs> it was the guy that Steve punched out. He borrowed it from Matt Wessel. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, but I'm wearing a headband, yeah. no shoes. I'm wearing pajama pants and a T-shirt, um, and I definitely have a phone in my hand. Yeah, that every time I die T-shirt is not acceptable, so you can't wear that either. <sighs> I guess I'll just have to take it off. Hold on, let me turn the camera on first. Uh, please don't. <laughs> yeah, believe it. Turn it inside out. Be like Al going blind again. And then Jamie will be like, Peg, I'm blind too. <laughs> Are you ready? I think so, Dan. Then go to it. Take it off. <laughs> 
Did you hear my boy say take it off? <laughs> Was it really that good day? This whole heart could talk. <laughs> you know, this is like the most, I think, like intimate moment I think we've ever had on the show between Al and Bud. Mm-hmm. What about when Al told Bud that revenge is great? Ooh. That's still not as intimate as this. Like, Al is, is faking a teary cry, and he's like, did y'all hear my boy tell him take it off? Like, <laughs> okay. So yeah. yeah, he was very proud of him at that moment. Yeah. yeah but your yours is a close second, Stephen. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it is. <laughs> That's one of my favorite moments in, in the entire series. <laughs> yeah, to do it twice. <laughs> yeah, it, it was great. The whole revenge thing with uh, Heather McCoy. And now, son, something really special. I'm giving you six bucks. Dad. Your whole paycheck. That's right, son. No, 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 son, it's not for you. No, it's for the girls. See, son, now you're going to be tempted to spend all your money on the first girl. But don't do it. Six bucks is too much money to spend on any woman. Don't worry about me, Dad. It takes more than a little leg to shake me up. <laughs> Bud does the rookie mistake. That was his whole paycheck, his whole wasn't paycheck. it? His whole paycheck? How is that possible? I like how in the, in, in the trivia on websites and stuff, it'll be it, they take that series and they're like, we find out that Al's paycheck is $6. And I'm like, really? Yeah, it's a it's, joke. It's, it's a joke. Even we're not taking it that serious. As Bud reveals in this episode, Al's entire paycheck is actually six dollars. <laughs> like, oh, you can't come be that stupid. On. <laughs> well, how about the time when Al was like a nickel? A nickel? A nickel? How is yeah. that possible? A nickel? Remember that? <laughs> and he kept going back to that. So I mean, come on, it's a joke. We try our best to make all this make sense, make it all tie together, and we do a pretty good job. I mean. You gotta remember, I'm also a fan, so although I'm, this is my position, I have to do this, also, with everybody here, I still want a good result as a fan. <laughs> so I'm happy with most of our tying things together. I, I think we've done pretty good, but to, to, to make something like that and put so much you know weight into a joke thing like that is just a waste of time. I wouldn't bother with things like that. So, Bud gives it all to the first blonde. Um, now, she sticks her ass in his face, so that's cool, but doesn't really give him much time for that price. And, like, she wanted more pretty quickly, and then he didn't have it, and she just left. I wonder what the going price of a lap dance at that place was. You know, I was wondering the same thing when Al got on stage, and I was like, um... Usually to get that close to a dancer, you have to, you know, pay more money. He would not have walked out of there if he did that. Yeah, the bouncers would have got rid of him. <laughs> they would have slammed him on his head. Maybe uh, if he didn't touch her. I mean, I don't know. Uh, also, Alex, I would like to for us to go back to uh, the Zorro days. Oh, yeah. uh, they got on stage with the with with the male strippers, jumped on and touched them, all kind of stuff, and it was all good. Does anybody here frequent strip clubs? Not anymore. No. I haven't been to one in ages. I haven't been in a long time, but I used to. So, has anybody seen a guy jump up on stage with the women and dance with them? 
Uh, no. No, I no. can't say that I have. Okay. But I also have never seen... There used to be this place, and I'm sure it's still around. I don't know. But uh, there's a place in Atlanta called the Cornac Club that was both male and female. I never saw any women on like do that either. Now, people would go there for bachelorette parties all the time. Hmm. And if you were there for a bachelorette party, like, you know, you'd pay extra money and they would they would they would bring you on stage and sit you in a chair and then like the guys would dance on you or whatever. Hmm. I was never into that though. I don't like male strippers. Yeah. They're kind of I mean, I don't know. Like it just you don't like the construction worker guy? It's not, the- it's not appealing. But I would always, whenever we would go with friends, I would always wander over to the girl stripper because bless her heart, like she is working her butt off over there and she'd have like one drunk guy standing there. Oh, that was me. I would tip her all night long because she, it was the guys in that club were making so much money and wow. she was, and the girls were never making any money. And like, to be I guess fair, because huh. guys, maybe guys don't want to go to a strip club where there are going to be women there watching as well. You know, maybe it's awkward. I don't know. Oh yeah, definitely. Jamie, I have a question to ask you just out of curiosity. I don't know if you have any kids or not, but say if you had a son, how would you feel about him going to a strip bar on his 18th birthday? would be all for it but yeah i don't have a problem with that at all i think it's i I think it's cool i think it's 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 fine i i don't i think they're fun you know i haven't been in a long time but because around here um from what i understand if you want to go to a decent strip club you have to go to canada oh that's true i've been kind of warned away from the detroit ones (laughs) i'm telling you i've been to like seven of them in canada and the things that go on there don't go on here. Oh, all right. They all involve syrup. <laughs> <laughs> now, I never went to any of the grosser ones in Atlanta, like the Golden Nugget or the, like, there are some. There, yeah. I, like, there was a, down, like, what used to be Short Avenue, and I think it's, like, Martin Luther King Jr. Drive or something now. Um, They changed the name, but, or, I don't know what they changed it to. But anyway, there was, a, like, a whole strip, and... It actually wasn't that far from where I grew up. There was this place called the Purple Onion, and they used to advertise $5 table dances. And I'm like, you know what? That has got to be some quality stuff there if you're paying five bucks. Imagine they're lunchtime strippers. <laughs> oh, God, man. I hear that's where yeah. Sticky the Clown's working now. <laughs> yeah, he's only $5. The worst name. The very first strip club I went to, I was 20 years old. And uh, I was with uh, two people on the student newspaper. We were going up to see the OU Nebraska game, 1987. It was game of the century two. OU was two. Nebraska was number one. I had to be the designated driver. <laughs> Those other two guys were tanked all the all the way through Kansas. Anyway, we get to this uh, get to Lincoln, and there's a strip club called the Cornhole Lounge. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, as soon as you walk in, the music that's playing is banjo music. <laughs> the Deliverance theme, yeah. Yeah, Deliverance. Doesn't Steve like that song? And he did it with Al? Yeah. That's weird. No, I was kidding. So, okay, before we get out of this entire topic, Jerry, did your dad ever take you to a strip club? 
Uh, no, but his garage has always been turned into a bar. So we just brought the strip club to us. And I have been at parties at his place where there have been people stripping on pool tables and, and the bar and the floor and the pool and outside well, wait, next to the dog. Were, and... they su- were they supposed to? Like, were they professionals or are these just women who had too much to drink? Both. Okay. <laughs> on this pool table? That poor felt. Yeah, that pool Put table. Put shirt on, Peggy. That pool table got turned into a beer pong table, so. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I know I'm going to your dad's. <laughs> uh, Fayetteville, Georgia. Be there for the July weekend. Let's go. Next time I go home, I'm going to pay your dad a visit. <laughs> exactly. Jesus. My dad just my dad just left the pornography underneath his bed, and he said, my, me and my brother, hey, you can look at me whenever you want to. Just put them back when you're done. Uh, did you say it's kind of creepy knowing where it plays again? Because I know where you stopped it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, no. I grew up in the seventies and eighties, so back then, you it was usually uh, magazines. You know, it was. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but you know, tape machines really weren't around until about the mid nineteen eighties. You know what's funny is that uh, I knew exactly what he was talking about, and then when so when Alex said that, I was like, what? What's he talking about? Like, I didn't get what Alex was saying, but I guess I just dated myself. <laughs> I dated myself in the 90s. People are like, rewind what? <laughs> Don't you just X out? I thought you were making a joke about the pages being stuck together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that too. Yeah, there you go. I guess you could translate my joke for me. Thanks. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, we gotta get out of this. I know you're gonna have to put a warning on this episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's true. Mature content only by immature people. <laughs> people, like, this is what they probably expected when we first said we are doing it from Minuity Bar. So, we cut to Sticky the Clown on the couch. Um, <laughs> knife in hand. Uh, in one hand, actually, and a stuffed pooch in the other. He kisses the head of the stuffed dog and slides a knife up through his chin and out of the top of his head. This is the weirdest Terrifier prequel (laughs) I've ever seen. (laughs) Now, what does this clown remind you guys of? Honestly, for me, he reminds me of the clown from Billy Madison. Okay. That's what I think of. I kept thinking of John Wayne Gacy. (laughs) Uh, I kept thinking of Art the Clown from Terrifier. Yeah, I gotta say, I thought they actually did a good job doing up Sticky. I mean, he... It was hilarious. Yeah, it wasn't like a half-assed clown outfit. It it looked kind of, like, authentic, but definitely a fit a guy who just got out. Right? It looked pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Sadistic clown. Yeah, it fit. It really did look good. Oh, that's sticky. I never dreamed I could find someone like him for only $5. He's still got it, hasn't he? Did anyone else think it was weird that Marcy thought he was funny? Um, it's like she was trying to be a little outrageous. Like, you know, Marcy is a little more conservative. She wouldn't want someone who just got out of prison in her presence. So now she's so like, like outrageous in ways. She seemed a little loopy this episode, kind of like someone had given her like 
a painkiller or something and she didn't know about it. She seems like she smoked a little bit of weed, not a lot, but just enough to to really not care what's going on. Right, like, ah, whatever, everything's cool. Oh, yeah, he just got out. That's great. Oh, look, he just rammed a knife through the thing. That's cool. You know, like, it's it's definitely out of character. She seems a little too cool with everything. Yeah, just very odd. Good observation. Marcy is not herself today. Uh, so this clown, Sticky, only charged $5 to show up. That's hard to believe. That's almost nothing. Kelly comes in with one of the hottest babes to ever grace the show. I'm sorry. (laughs) This chick is hot. I mean, wow. And what she's wearing? I mean, is this not probably the top five hottest girls who've been on the show so far? Yeah, no, for sure. Okay. You know who? I concur. Go ahead. Yeah, she totally is. She totally is. Um, This dress... I have seen this dress before, but picture it with the top is sort of a swirly blue, like a pale blue and white. Mm-hmm. Did Kelly ever wear something like that? Or am I, is that from something else that I'm thinking of? Like, do you guys recall a dress made just like that one, but with like a blue and white top? Not at the top of my head now. I know that dress. I've seen it before. And it's close. I... It's close to what Kelly's worn, yeah. I I feel like I do remember. I can't get the exact image, though. Ugh, it's killing me. I can't picture me. it right now. Yeah. If anybody knows, post it in our show. Yes, responses. please. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, post a photo because it's driving me nuts. And I'm thinking did i is is it something that kelly wore that i'm picturing or am i picturing a dress from something completely different but i know this dress is in my head it had a little silver circle and everything like it was the same thing right but and which by the way is you know kind of hot like I, I i like the dress oh yeah me too she was a beautiful girl she really was yeah i i can't believe bud i mean listen you know uh it's all subjective so if I said something like, I can't believe Bud was aiming this high, somebody could come back and say, well, he was just with Kara, and I think she's hotter than this girl, you know? So you can't even say anything like that, but I will say Bud was aiming straight up with this one. Well, that's okay, because Buck is aiming straight up also. Yeah. That <laughs> killed me. We're here. Woo! It's not Bud. Well, well. Aren't you a big, sexy, whatever you are? (laughs) I'll just go upstairs, splash on some Old Spice, and we be getting it on. (laughs) I gotta say, the buck line of, well, aren't you a big, sexy, whatever you are, had, to me, is the funniest joke in this episode. (laughs) <laughs> whatever you are yeah i we were just like i'm gonna splash on some old spice and get on it and i'm just like oh my god this is the great like i normally i'm not a huge fan of buck talking all of that goes out the window now this is the greatest like buck line ever see i am a huge fan of buck talking normally the too. only time i hated it yeah the only time i hated it when is when it was uh cheech but other than that i love it and 
this is right up there. Like, this is Buck's dark side, man. Like, he's into bestiality. That's just crazy. He's not into bestiality. He's inter- into interspecies erotica. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to be careful with this stuff. You know, uh, horses were not indigenous to the United States. And when the Earth of the Americas and when the conquistadors came over, they brought horses with them. Well, a lot of the Native Americans had never seen horses, and they called them wonder dogs, saying, you know, comparing them to wonder dogs, that they were... Uh, a gigantic dog. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe Buck is Native American or something. I don't know. <laughs> he couldn't differentiate that way. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but Buck, yeah, at first he seems like he cares if Bud's home or not, tries to bring him a present. Then after he sees this thing, he doesn't care, and we'll get to that. So, Roxanne only showed up, though, because Kelly told her that Bud was dying. (laughs) Uh, Kelly, is this a friend of Bud's? No, actually, you can't find one of those. (laughs) But this is Roxanne, the girl that Bud loves but who can't stand him. I thought I'd do something nice for him, so I convinced her to come. He's really dying? (laughs) You've seen him. I'm gonna miss him. You must have confused me with a clown who gives a damn. <laughs> she goes and sits next to Sticky for whatever reason and says I'm really gonna miss him as if as if she has a good relationship with Bud. It's like, aren't you the chick that just hangs up on him? I mean the the fact that he even has her phone number, I guess, is some kind of indication that they have some kind of relationship or something. I don't know what this is, but But you know what? It's one of those instances where I go, that doesn't make sense, but the line right after that with Sticky the Clown being you must have mistaken me for a clown that cares makes me forgive all of it because that was perfect. <laughs> and I like how he says gives a damn. Yeah, that was a line. <laughs> yeah, that that was just great. And it was weird because I was kind of shocked that Sticky said that because I'm like, dude, don't you don't want to offend this chick. What if she's into clowns or something? She came and sat right next to you. You might want to just play it cool for a minute and see where this is going. And she thought who the clown was. Remember who she think the clown was. She thought it was Kelly's dad. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, well, then she couldn't have been into him. Forget it. She wouldn't be hitting on Bud's and Kelly's dad. <laughs> I got the cake. Uh, no, Buck. That's Jefferson, not Bud. Like I give a cat's ass. <laughs> if you want me, I'll be out in the yard getting me some spotted stuff. Jefferson, it took you three hours to get the cake? Well, we were talking about our youth and all, and I got kind of nostalgic, so I bought a 65 Mustang. <laughs> Jefferson bought a 1965 Mustang. Wow, he's really competing with Steve Rhodes here. Uh, Because Steve bought a 1965 Mustang. Oh, how do you feel about that, Jerry? A little bit of competition, huh? Yeah, but when he bought his, he did it without getting a... uh, Because that's when they were were doing the dream car, right? They were rebuilding yep. the car. Have you driven a Ford lately or yeah, whatever they so Steve Steve wins because he made it a project with Al, which means Al Bunny was included, which automatically makes it better than Jefferson just buying a car on Marcy's money. It it is random, isn't it? I mean, 
not to nitpick, but I mean, it was such a it's it, it almost um, cheapened Steve's moment because it was such a big ep- it was, like the whole thing was based on that. We have that amazing dream sequence in season one and all this stuff. And um, it was it was the episode where um, our podcast really clicked. Remember that? Yep. And and a lot of people say it's the episode. It was the first really good episode of the actual show, which I think is wrong. I think the pilot's amazing. But f- besides the pilot, I think yeah, that 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 might be probably the best episode. Yeah. B- of you know in that order though. Um, and now it's just like a line. It's not anything anymore. You know, it was a big thing back then, and now it's just a line. It's just, it's kind of weird. It kind of cheapens Steve and Al's moment um, if you think too much into it, which you I, I feel like they're using it because they're trying to build Jefferson up. Like, this is a moment where Jefferson gets his way just by kissing. So, like, he just, you know, Marcy's all pissed off and he just kisses her and then it's okay. Like, I feel like this is just a moment to build up Jefferson as a cool character. Okay, I'll buy that. Yeah, like we're we're getting him out of weenie mode a little bit. Maybe Ted McGinley complained about the last couple episodes, and he was like, "Look, you're making me look really bad here." I mean, could we be? Could I be funny and be cool too? Like, do I have to be? You know, like does Mars? You know, these demeaning comments, all this like weird stuff. Like, can I just? Can I put my foot down once in a while and be like a man also? He wanted he wanted to be like Steve. And they were like, fine, you want to be like Steve? Here's the <laughs> same car. Yeah, good luck growing a beard. <laughs> can you imagine him with a beard? Oh, my God. <laughs> you bought a 65 Mustang? Well, when are you going to get a job to drive it to? Hey, I look in the papers. It's just by the time I get up, all the good jobs are taken. <laughs> You are going to take that car back today, right now, this instant. And I don't want to hear another. So, yeah, he makes out with Marcy. And, man, Marcy is, uh, well, I should say Amanda Burse makes it really believable that she's into guys for a gay chick. I mean, like, something tells me if I had to kiss a guy for a role, I, I don't think I'd be that convincing. Oh, I, dude, it's not that hard. <laughs> People would be like, this guy is not gay. All right. (laughs) You can keep it. But no more cars this year. Okay. (laughs) I'm sticky. Me too. (laughs) But at least I've got a car. (laughs) Kelly, I've got to go. I'm not spending my Saturday night... Sitting here next to your father? <laughs> Are you kidding? My father is not a clown. He's a shoot. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's my dad. <laughs> Kelly, don't lie to the girl. My husband is dead, Roxanne. <laughs> that was great. Don't lie to the girl. I love that. My husband is dead, Roxanne. <laughs> Their delivery on, on those lines are just perfect. Yeah, everyone's too good now. Like, the show can't miss. Like, unless the writing is horrific, these lines are all going to be delicious. They're going to kill all of it, so. Everyone's too in tune with the show. We cut to Al pulling a fishing line string with a dollar attached to it across the stage. And like I said, that in our show's banner, I can be seen doing that. 
And the the girl I chose is because we we even chose what strippers we want on the stage. Um, I chose a girl. Um, her name is Abella Anderson. She's my favorite chick <laughs> for that type of thing. And um, Justin, who was on our show at the time, he chose um, who was that girl on the left? Hayden Penetier. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, the girl on the left of our banner with the blonde hair near Dan now. Her name is Hayden Penetier. She's an actor. She was in Scream 4, amongst other things that I can't think of right now. So, yeah, those are our girls we picked. <clears throat> I didn't choose a chick. I was just glad to be there. <laughs> Actually, I chose Steve, and they told me no. So I think that's it. that is what happened. <laughs> you said, could Steve? And we have a, a little contest going. Not that you're going to win anything, but we're looking for somebody that could pick the perfect person to put in our nudie bar because once we get to when we get to episode 131 that's our halfway point and then our podcast is done 131 shows after that so we want to add someone new into that banner so we're having a thing so go on our facebook group page and pick who you think should be in there there's a topic already made for it the answer is space alien in case y'all didn't know you should be choosing that i i mean i'd prefer to pick Steve, but I feel like non-main cast members is what we're going for, so uh, Alien with a Sock is, is the best choice. Well, we'll see. We're going to put a poll That's up. a good choice. I, uh, is that up already? I have. I think yeah. I missed, must have missed that. Huh. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll bump it up to the top again. Oh, okay. It's time for No Man to take a little break in the Jiggly Room. I'm the DJ, and I'm going to play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Marry With Children. Son, watch this. So Al starts dancing on stage with the strippers. Oh, he's doing the dad dance. He always does the dad dance. Yeah, he does it to liven things up because Bud is bored because he has no money. There's really nothing. Like, I don't understand why it's still not fun for Bud to just sit there and watch the girls dance. I mean, when you give them money, all they do is come a little closer to you. But, I mean, it's not that big of a room that they're ever far. Yeah, and at his age, with him not getting lucky all that much, you would think he would be all into this. Well, plus, yeah, first time in a nudie bar. Like, that alone should be enough to keep him excited. Right. I was 18, it would have surely kept me excited. I just, you're right, it's amazing that he didn't want to go to a party, he didn't want that. Here he is at the nudie bar, he was looking forward to it, and he complains that he's bored. Right, it's weird. 
And it's, I mean, the only thing you could say, well, he's not drinking. That would obviously spice things up. But, I mean, listen, you're 18, though, and you're at a nudie bar. I would be, like, in awe of everything around me. Yeah, but the legal drinking age was 21 at that time. Yeah, so he's not drinking. That's the only downside. Mm-hmm. See, I told you you don't need money to have fun. <laughs> you're the greatest, Dad. Hey, young man. I sense a tone. What's wrong now? This place sucks when you're broke. What place doesn't suck when you're broke? (laughs) Tell you the truth, it does get kind of boring in here sometimes. So then why do you come? So Al knows the best cure for boredom. It's a good old-fashioned nudie bar fight. Luckily, a guy bumps into Al. Al jumps on the opportunity. For this? Uh, Excuse me, sir. You bumped into me, and I think you owe me an apology. Drop dead. (laughs) (laughs) And they start fighting. Al just taps him on the shoulder and socks the crap out of this guy. Um, So the guy that says to Bud, hey, I'll give you the first shot, that's Norris from all those episodes. Like we told you before, he'll never be Norris again. And instead of punching him, (laughs) Bud decides to break a chair over his back, which is awesome. Uh, I also want to point out, Al is a savage. He took someone's toupee off their head and then punched (laughs) them with their toupee. I love that. I'm bald, but I don't wear a toupee. Toupees are stupid. Yeah, like, I I was watching that, and in my head, I heard, I can't remember what episode it was that I was on with y'all, and all I heard was just Jamie in my head go, Al is a savage. Yes, he is. He is in this whole sequence. It's great. Al smashes a bottle over someone's head. I'm flattered at how much you hear me in your head. I'm I, I try I try to keep Brian in there. You just won't stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Bud breaks a bottle over someone's head. Um, this one guy gets thrown into the bar mirror, which is awesome. And if you notice, a lot of this is done in one continuous shot. Yeah, it's very well planned. But I think that's why, like almost everybody besides Al and Bud, they were all stunt guys. Mm-hmm. All of them were like really well-known stunt guys, and I think that's. And they're not just stunt men; they're fight coordinators too. They know how to coordinate a fight. Oh, they did. They did great. Like I said, it was one long continuous shot for a lot of it, and it looked great. I mean, it was a little slow, a little slow. It's not obviously if it was in a movie, they would have uh, you know done this a zillion more times and been quicker with all of it. But it, for TV show for comedy sitcom in 1992, it was really good. Well, Judo Jean LaBelle has appeared on the show numerous times, and he's one of the stunt performers in this episode. Now, who is he, though? He can be, he is the drunk redhead walking around with a beer bottle in hand during the fight sequence. I'll have to rewatch. Isn't it funny we watched this for the podcast, but like, like, for instance, I even watched it twice, but now there's still something where I'm like, oh, well, now when I rewatch it, I can look for this guy. Like, you can always find something on this podcast where you can go, okay, next time I watch this, I got to check this box off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hope it was as good for 
whatever that was, as it was for me. Hey, what do I care? I got mine. Buck got it on with the pony. He's all proud. He's wearing a scarf. Got the James Bond theme playing? <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, oh, did y'all notice uh, Sticky's knife in the door? I did. Yes. I did, yeah. Yeah, Sticky's knife in the door. And I, I thought that was hilarious because uh, back in the day when I lived with uh, Kenneth, uh, we were both such paranoid people that we, we didn't have knives stuck in the door. But we had knives like hanging up right by the door so that anytime you went to the door, if you needed a knife, you could grab it right there. It made me think nice. of that. There's so many times when I go to the door and I wish I had a knife. <laughs> See, I'm door knives by Jerry. Does it come up that often? Yes. It's an important <laughs> thing. You don't have a knife by your door? <laughs> Where do you think I live? Actually, New no, Jersey. We, I do have a Scottish Claymore. Well, I just got a Glock in my bedroom. <laughs> he just shoots people. Yeah, we're we're from Oklahoma here, man. We have oh open yeah, well, we're in, this thing. we're in Michigan. We're armed to the teeth. <laughs> yeah, well, Alex is in New Jersey, so I guess he just has a baseball bat and some cement shoes. <laughs> cement. <laughs> Jerry's so southern. <laughs> That's so funny. I never heard anybody call it cement. What do you say? Cement. Cement. <laughs> See, and I'm Southern, oh. and I say cement, but I, cement is very is very Southern. Also, TV, insurance, ambulance. <laughs> I get made fun of uh, for how I say pillow. What are you saying? Pillow. The thing you sleep on? Yeah. I say pillow, <laughs> and people tell me I'm wrong. What do they say, pillow? I don't know. That's, but I'm that's like, a very Southern thing is they pillow. They say I know, but they, apparently my emphasis on the the pell part bothers people. Mm. Yeah, because it's an I, it's an I, not an E. Yeah, no, uh, Jamie made fun of me for I pronounced something on Kill the Cast once. I think it's, was it how I say epiphany? Well, you just said it right, so I don't know. Did, um... No, it was, it was, it was uh, epitome. Oh, yeah. Oh, like epitome, you epitome. mean? <laughs> yeah, I said, I said, I said something was the epitome of this, and then Jamie started making fun of me. Like, <laughs> In the Facebook group for Kill the Cast, well, just like see that just goes to show I listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it was so funny. I was just like, oh damn it, Jerry does it sometimes. He says things that I'm like, did this guy only read this word and never hear it in his life? I don't know if I've said this before or not. So I was in <laughs> speech classes from preschool to sixth grade. Uh, <sighs> that's how bad my speech impediment was. And then after that, I had to take drama so that I could work on. Uh, talking properly. Well, they let you out too soon. Uh, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> was your impediment specifically pronunciation? Because um, I've never heard of that impediment. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, how do you say that one? Do I, Am I saying that wrong also? What, impediment? No, you said it right. I'm saying... I'm just saying is like yes, I think that uh, pronouncing words incorrectly is a speech impediment. <laughs> well, it's not. The, the rate I did it, yes, I would switch letters. I would uh, pronounce certain parts of the word, like apatome. I would pronounce it that instead of how it was supposed to be. No matter. Oh, see, you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. That's <laughs> yes, that's what I do. Uh, but then I also like 
I think fa- I I think faster than I can talk, and that will start jumbling me up really, really bad. I had to learn how to like slow down and and concentrate and talk. Um, oh my God. But like, I'd also say things like instead of saying drink, I would say Frank, like the guy from The Simpsons. Yes, instead of, <laughs> you would think I would be saying drink, but no, I said Frank. Oh my God! It was awful, but now I can talk well enough to be on podcasts. No, of course. Well, you know, because we're paying you tons. You know, because if I was really paying you like sixty-seven thousand dollars, they could let you talk like that. I'd throw you right off of here. Your show yeah. is the epitome of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it uh, is. I did a lot of research on The Shining and talked about weird things. Yeah, uh, apparently, I made a mistake on the last show. I have to go back and uh, I said, "Look, I don't know what happened. I think I I know I typed in like nineteen ninety-two Super Bowl or something, and." I just the first thing that popped up for some reason was the Giants and the Bills and I didn't think too much of it cuz I watched that game. I was I was there when it happened. When the guy missed the field goal and everything. So I didn't put any thought into it and I just turned it oh, off. Yeah, I saw that in Ace Ventura. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't put much thought into it because I figured, well, I already know this. I'm not going to research anything and I'm just going to tell him what I know. So, in doing so, apparently, I don't know if it was like, you know how the football season is one year and then the Super Bowl is a different year? Nope. Well, well, you don't know football. <laughs> so, that's what happened. So, I think when I typed in 92, maybe oh, that... Oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think something went wrong there. So I ended up talking about the wrong Super Bowl. But oddly enough, when I researched that Super Bowl's halftime show, it was right... The Winter Wonderland thing was the right year that I was talking about. So that was not a mistake. So just so everybody knows, I hope it doesn't turn into like a suey thing. <laughs> it won't. It won't. And I hope not. Because if most people probably don't even know Super Bowl. They probably don't care. And they probably just took whatever I said for whatever. I did. Yeah, because who cares, right? But like people who actually know football really well, to them, it was like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right because I know this or that. So, and that's what, and Steven knew it too, and somebody on uh, YouTube knew, and they mentioned it to me. I think Jay Miller said it. So, yeah, I rushed my research. What can I tell you? Luckily, it doesn't really impact married with children. I was just trying to give some more insight and make believe the Super Bowl is a real thing within the episode. So, yeah, Buck got it on with the pony. Bud and Al come home. Bud lost a tooth. Um, but Al's proud of him, you know? And uh, and I love when Bud spits his tooth out when he comes home. Al looks at it on the ground and he shakes his head like, yep. Yeah, that's what happens when you, go to, <laughs> when you have a nudie bar fight. Still, like, a proud, you know, gaze at the tooth bouncing around on the floor. I, Bud was whipping butt. I was impressed. But he just he grabbed the one guy and just pummeled him in the face and then grabbed immediately grabbed another one, started pummeling him in the face. And then Al was throwing some decent punches. I, you know, you could tell they were choreographed, but at the same time, it still made them look really good. So, mm-hmm. well, actually, uh, you know, the show is called Rites of Passage. You know, it is a rite of passage of becoming a man, uh, but becoming a man in uh, Al's eyes and in uh, Bud's eyes. Right. And. You know, we kind of lost that here in an industrial society uh, because in a lot of tribal societies, there are, like, tests of manhood of some sort. In a, in a way, I remember one of mine growing up, uh, I was 12, 
and my or 13, excuse me, and my dad took me hunting for the first time. I never really got into hunting, but uh, it was fun to go out there with uh, mm-hmm. my father, and my grandfather, and my uncle, and yeah, a couple shotguns, a couple beers. Yeah, I know. yeah. Snipe hunting was a rite of passage in my family. Mm-hmm. What hunting? Snipe hunting. Snipe yeah. hunting. Snipe? What's that? You've never been snipe hunting? Like you shoot snipers? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, you go and you hide out in the woods with a sack, and you have to <laughs> you have to wait for the snipes to come. <laughs> what is this? Snipe? It's a joke. It's a joke. You take somebody out in the woods, and you tell them that you're taking them snipe hunting, and you tell them to hide in the bushes with a bag, okay. and, then, and you leave them there, basically. And they're <laughs> actually they're expecting to do something, and there's there's no such thing. And they so, stay there for hours. They, they yeah. stay there for hours. Yeah, and it's. <laughs> It's a cruel joke that you play on yeah. novice hunters. They didn't do it to me. My my dad, uh, you know, he just said, Listen, we're going to take you hunting this year, me and your grandfather. Right. Well, you couldn't do it to Bud because he would get bored. Yeah. Sitting in that. Uh-huh. He, he gets bored at the nudie bar. You think he's going to sit in a bush for six hours? Oh, Come man. On. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why couldn't he take me there? Because I was only 13. <laughs> And uh, just a little personal side note for myself, this past Friday, we just celebrated me and my wife's 30-40 birthday party. She turns 30 this year in January, I turn 40 in September, so we met right in the middle in the summer and we threw this big party at the lake. It was amazing and what another coincidence that now we're talking about Bud celebrating his birthday. So... It never ends, guys, from the Skeleton Crew all the way to the Married Children podcast. The coincidences do not stop. 18 years old and your first bar fight like every other male Bundy before you. I'm proud of you, son. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel great, Dad. <laughs> well, where do we tell Mom we went in the morning? Well, son, you're a man now. You stare her straight in the eye and you tell her we were stuck in traffic. (laughs) But we know where we were. The nudie bar. (laughs) Where you can't touch a breast, but you can cave in a chest. (laughs) The nudie bar. Where you can look at a thigh and blacken an eye. At the nudie bar. Where the beer gives you gas, but the Bundys kick ass. Oh, did y'all notice that at the end of the episode, uh, when the credits are running, they have a still image of uh, Sticky the Clown again, but this time he's holding a yellow bear instead of that blue dog? No, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. 
Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. How many beer bottles are we breaking over the heads of nudie bar patrons out of five for this episode, Jerry? Uh, you know, I have to give this episode a five. Um, I really don't have any complaints. Um, it's not as as fast as some other episodes, like uh, the next episode, you, you'll kind of see that. But this one is a little bit slower because it basically diverts into two storylines, uh, the party at the Bundy house and the party at the nudie bar. Um, so we have two divergent stories that has different characters and it brings them it never brings them all back together, but they're both equally funny. But you know me, I always like to, if it's a good episode and something monumental happens, you know I got to bring that five. So I've got to break five beer bottles because it's getting inside the nudie bar. It's a, you know how I love those sentimental moments. Uh, and this is a great sentimental moment for Al and his son. But on top of that, the best buck line ever. So I, I, I would give it that just for the buck line. That was so good. Wow, five out of five. Jamie, how many beer bottles are you breaking over the heads of nudie bar patrons out of five for this episode? I'm going five. I, the only reason I don't do the whole six pack is because I'm saving one for myself. But uh-huh. I'm, um, yeah, I'm going five out of five on this. I think it's one. It's an iconic episode. It's a funny episode. It, it, uh, I think. It doesn't have like sometimes when you have a couple of different storylines going on, one of them is drag draggy, you know, right. and because it's not the main focus. But I actually think that when we went back to the house, that was funny, too. Mm-hmm. So I was very happy with the whole thing. Plus, it just it's it's our logo. Like it's our banner that that's a big deal. Yeah, this show means a lot to me. So having <clears throat> this whole thing come together on this episode is big to me, absolutely. So, Stephen, our special guest host, how many beer bottles are you breaking over the heads of patrons at the nudie bar for this episode out of five? I agree. I'm leaving it a five out of five. <clears throat> wow. I loved it. I thought this was one of the funniest of the sixth season. Probably even, maybe even the funniest of the second half of the sixth season, which is the half I like. And I agree with Jerry. What I liked was... This is the one time, you know, usually it's Al with Kelly. This time it's Al with Bud. Right. You know, a little bonding between him and his only son who carries the Bundy seed and who will Bundify the next generation, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) This is a different kind of Hall of Famer because this was able to get four fives out of fives. That's how many beer bottles I'm breaking. Like Jamie, I'm drinking one of them, and I'm going to steal Jerry, so I'm drinking another one. I'm sure Steven's going to drink his extra. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, this is just, man, when I watched it today, it was just so fun. Every second, I took so many notes because everything everything to me was, was pretty standout, pretty important. Every line was good. There was that one little weird thing about where they're sitting down, but that means zero to me. I'm not going to base an episode off 30 seconds. This just killed it, man. Um, The whole setup, the whole loser birthday party thing, 
Jefferson with his classic line. Um, Al coming in and just rescuing Bud at the last second. Such a badass reason to go to a nudie bar to bond with his son that way. It was, it was almost it was very reminiscent to me of when Al said that on his twelfth birthday, after Mom Singapore sling herself into oblivion that his dad took him into the basement and showed him his playboys. So this, to me, is Al doing this to his son now. I don't know if he let Bud ever see his playboys or at least gave them to him, but to me, this is an equivalent. Like, now that he's 18, he's going to bring him to his first nudie bar. Al did that as a, as a dad, and that, that shows he really does like Bud or care about him or love him, however you want to put it. Um, so that's really cool. It's a nice bonding experience and badass again. He's bonding, but he's doing it with breaking beer bottles over people's heads and looking at hot chicks and stringing them along with dollars. I mean, you can't get better than that. Every second was great. Just a standout episode. Five out of five. Absolutely big episode for our podcast being in this nudie bar. So this is the first time we're here on the show and we've been here the whole time to review. So guys, tune in next week. As we review The Egg and I, a big, big episode, the Bundys try to turn in Marcy's ex-husband, Steve, for the FBI reward money. Now, Jerry, just listening to that description, are you going to try to make it to next week's show? Or, uh, sorry, it's it's every two weeks, guys, sorry, for the summer. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you this right now. I've already watched the episode multiple times. I've taken uh, plenty of notes. I got uh, everything in my head I think y'all are going to throw at me. So if you're not going to let me on, I I wasted a lot of time. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, we don't have a spot for you, but can you come on the one after that? Where we Uh, review... Oh, what? uh, What are you reviewing after that one? Oh, after that, we are going to review My Dinner with Ann... Oh, you can't be on that one either. We have another guy coming on. Jerry Cortez. I mean, you say that, but his name's Jerry. My name is Jerry. I already do a podcast with him. Well, it's up to Jamie. Uh, Jamie, let me know next week on our week off if you think Jerry should be on that show. Just because Steve's on it. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, You'll think about it. I'm going to let you know now? Are you? No, no, let him stew. I nominate Jerry to be on next episode. Yeah? Aww. All right, fine. There we go. If another Steve, Steven, says it, then fine. Bam. I'm on board with that, too. I always like when Jerry joins us. All right, Jerry, you're on two weeks from now for the return of Steve Rhodes. Oh, yes, it will be glorious.